title is Be Filled. My title for this morning is A Sound from Heaven. A Sound from Heaven. Dr. Martin Lord-Jones from Westminster Chapel, when we used to go there as students, when he was speaking about the Holy Spirit, he would have this pithy saying. He said, if you say you've got it, where is it? If you say you've got the Holy Spirit, then where is it? Recently, my grandson Barnabas, which is Joshua's younger brother, he's at Portsmouth University. He's studying sports science. He got off the train uh, a few Fridays ago, and as he's walking back to his digs, he noticed a student walking in front of him, and he's limping. And Barnabas, of course, studying sports science, see this guy with a limp, and he thought, I wonder what's wrong with his leg. And he thought, I wonder if the Holy Spirit, you want to heal him. And so Barnabas asked the Holy Spirit to give him a word of knowledge to say what's wrong with his leg. But the Holy Spirit didn't say anything. So Barnabas then um, thought to himself, doesn't the Holy Spirit want to heal him? He said, oh, that's stupid. Of course he does. I'll just go and ask him. And so Barnabas went up to this guy who was limping up the road. And he said, excuse me. He said, uh, what's, what's happened to your leg? Oh, the guy said, well, Wednesday was party night. Uh, at uni, Wednesday is always the party night to go out and get smashed. And uh, he said, I got drunk. And then he saw another student with a hat on. And he said, I want that hat. So he went up to the student and said, I want your hat. So the guy said, you can't have it. So he said, yeah, but I want it. No, you can't have it. Then this guy said, well, what, what do I have to do to get your hat? Because they were drunk, don't forget. And so the, the fellow said, let me kick you three times. So he said, oh, that's okay. Okay. Then he said, well, just a minute. Before I do, I have to tell you this, that I've been, I'm a train for three years, a Thai kicks boxer. So the guy said, okay. So he kicked him three times in the leg. So he said, that's why I'm limping. So Barnabas and this guy by now walked on the pavement were laughing. It seems so stupid. And so Barnabas then said, well, he said, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? So I said, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so Barnabas put his hands on him. And he kept his eyes open because they're laughing. Both of them are laughing so much. And Barnabas just prayed. He said, Lord, asking you that I know you love this guy and I know he does some stupid things, but even his, his stupidity, would you heal him right now? Boom. And the fellow, oh, 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 Jesus. And he, he just started walking normally to his car. And then Barnabas said, uh, he said, did you get the hat? <laughs> and, and the guy said, well, yeah, but actually I just gave it to a girl. <laughs> I reckon that's being filled with the Spirit.
Acts 1.8. Jesus promised. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. To the remotest parts of the earth. You shall receive power when. When did the Holy Spirit come? Well, it came on the day of Pentecost, didn't it? That's what we are preaching about these three Sundays. I wonder, you know, whether once Jesus was resurrected, he began to count the days down, 50 days, before I can release the Holy Spirit. 49, 48, 47, <coughs> down, 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 it's coming, it's coming. And then suddenly he knew that the Father could say, Now! There was a sound from heaven. Mm. Acts 2. What happened when the Holy Spirit did come? Acts 2, 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound from heaven. was a mighty, violent, rushing wind. <laughs> Got it. rested on each of their heads. And the Passion Bible actually says there that the fire appeared as a pillar before their very eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Fire fell on each one. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began praising God and bubbling up in a variety of languages. Nobody was left out. Every single one, 120, everyone heard the sound from heaven. everybody's head then they just bubbled up in praise to God the Trinity was involved in the coming of the Holy Spirit the Father God John 15, 26. 
when the Helper comes, that's the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, I is Jesus, from the Father is God, that is the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father bears witness of me. Father, Son and Holy Spirit all involved in coming on this day, the day of Pentecost. Okay, well that's fine, that's history. Does this happen today? Was that just a one-off occurrence? Or can it happen today? I was up in uh, North Thailand in the jungle tribe of the Hmong and I went up to a mountain village there and there they had just believed on the Lord Jesus and burnt their demon things and they were asking well where is the power to be able to live deal with demonic things with witch doctors, curses and all that sort of thing how can they make their lives alive and fresh and real and so I shared with them about the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming, how to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. And they'd never heard this, of course. They were illiterate, didn't have the Bible. And began to share with them just how the Holy Spirit could come upon them. And we were up uh, in a tribal house that was on stilts. And it was absolutely packed full of... I don't know, maybe 20 perhaps people on this bamboo platform, plus dogs, children, everything was there. And as I explained about the Holy Spirit coming upon them, they just opened up their hearts and just said, yeah, this is what we need. This is what I want, Lord. What would, you, would you send your spirit now? And I just put out my hand and said, Lord, you've got to do it right now. And then there was this sound. It was like a breeze just sort of blew through this open bamboo hut. And the Holy Spirit fell on them. And a young teenager with a turban on her head, she suddenly sprang up, put her head back, and just began to sing, but not in the Hmong language or Thai. It was in tongues. They'd never heard it before. They didn't know anything about it, but her heart was so full. It just began to bubble up. And as she did that, the Spirit of God just fell on everybody. The whole house was filled. And then, of course, as it was filled, it began to shake. And the whole house was shaking. The dogs jumped off the platform to get away. And the people just knelt there and lay there being filled with the Holy Spirit. It seemed to me just like the Pentecost. A couple of days later, the man who owned that, the, uh, the Christian who owned the house, he said, please never have a meeting in my house again. It will fall down. We'll have it underneath. But actually, two days later, it was evening, it was dark, or dusk, and then three angels appeared on the mountain and came walking down into the village. And the angels then were met by some of the young men. They said, you know, who are you? What do you want? And they said, we've come from heaven. And we're sending you to go to a certain village two days walk away. 
and you are to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the cross. And they said, oh. And then they said, oh no, not that village. That was the village which they said, if you ever come again, we'll kill you. Don't you dare come in our village and start talking about Jesus again. But the angel said, that is the village you are to go to. And so these young men were so sort of full and thrilled, they set off in the night straight away, they were all night and the next day, and they got to the village, and as they got there, they, the first house was the one that threatened them and said, don't you dare come back again. And there was a lot of noise in that house, and there was crying and shouting and all sorts going on. And so they cautiously went up to the house and they said, uh, what's your problem? And they said, oh, this woman, she is um, delivering a baby, was it? I think she was in great distress with the baby. And uh, things were bad there. And so they said, well, may we pray? They said, yeah, do whatever you can. And so they prayed, and instantly the baby was delivered. The woman are absolutely fine. The house turned to the Lord. The next day, another house to the Lord, another two, another three, until there, I think, were five families turned to the Lord there, and a church had begun. Yes, it does happen. It does happen. We've seen it happen a number of times. And every time, we are absolutely amazed at the mighty power and the presence of God as joy just inexpressible bubbles up in praise and tongues. But Jesus said in Luke 3.16 that he would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and in fire. I know many of you in this church have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Many of you speak in tongues. Some have been for many years. Others perhaps recently. But the question I ask myself, if I say I am filled with the Holy Spirit, what can I do now that I couldn't do before I was filled with the Holy Spirit? What, what's the change? What's happened? Did I really receive the endowment of power then? Is it still working today or not? Betty, Debbie, could you come and share your song? Debbie wrote a song, particularly for today, they're just going to sing it a bit later on again. But I want them to sing just at this point as we start thinking about why did Jesus say that he would baptize us with fire? What does that mean?
Thank you. That was wonderful. Am I still intoxicated with that encounter with the Holy Spirit? For me, it was 50-something years ago. Is that expulsive power of the new affection that I felt then, as Chloe was saying, she just, whenever she prays to God now, she just gets that feeling of the Spirit of God upon her. Is that still with me, as fresh now as it was? A little before Christmas, I rang up my sister, who's widow, lives on her own up in Sussex there. Just wanted to know how she was. And she was in a pretty bad state. Things had been going wrong in the house and one thing or another. But then she'd just been diagnosed with cancer, um, skin cancer on her face, which was very obvious. And so she was quite upset. And so she uh, was going to have chemo. So I said to her, look, we just want to pray for you right now over the phone. So I called Celia, and we just took hold of the Word of God and the Scriptures. And we cursed the cancer. Uh, we spoke directly uh, to the devil who seeks to destroy our flesh and spoke the healing power of God upon her. So she quietened down and put the phone down. A couple of weeks later, phoned her up again and said, how things are going? Well, she said, I've just been to the consultant. I have to start my chemo at the end of the week. And I went to see the consultant. And um, she couldn't find the cancer. She didn't know where it was. And she looked everywhere. Then she was examined. She says, you have no cancer. So that was, that's just the spirit of God. It just flows out, doesn't it? When it overflows pops down the phone line, and it has to be God. There's no touching, nothing. It just rebuke the devil, and the cancer goes. I, um, the other day, uh, no, sorry, uh, January, I was uh, cleaning out the guinea pigs, and uh, it was in the evening. Like, we're going to have an inspection, the farm inspector. I get everything squeaky clean. So I put a lot of uh, straw down on the um, floor there. And I was standing there when... I did the most awful thing, because it was dark. I was in a hurry and cleaned it all out. And uh, I, I, went, I went and stood on a little, a little wiener. And I felt under my boot that it was quite soft straw. And I just, I stood, I just was cleaning away there and thinking about, oh, that is soft. And uh, a few minutes later, I picked up my foot, and there was a flat-packed guinea pig. It was just like, it was just like there, but it was completely flat. I mean, I've been standing on it for about <laughs> 10 minutes. And I thought, oh, dear, that's a bit odd. So I put it on one side, I thought, well, I have to give it a catch or something. And, uh, <laughs> at any rate, I, I just lay it down there. Oh, well, I must finish cleaning up, got to get on. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, well, why don't you pray for it? 
and I thought, no, don't be daft. No. <laughs> uh, no. So I tried to carry clean it. And then the Holy Spirit said, just a minute, you've been preaching on uh, Matthew 10, verse 8. And Jesus said, when you go around preaching, you, you preach the kingdom and you've got to uh, heal the sick. Yeah. And then if they don't get better, you raise the dead. And so the Holy Spirit said, why don't you ask me to raise the guinea pig? Nobody else was around. <laughs> so I said, okay, God, it's only me and you. Let's have a go. So I picked up this uh, flat-packed guinea pig. It was still just there. And I looked at it. Uh, uh, okay. I prayed for it. And do you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing at all. Just a flat-packed guinea pig. What do I do now, God? So I just felt the Holy Spirit said, well, why don't you lay hands on it? So I picked it up again. So I laid hands on it, put it down back on the floor of the pen there, and just carried on cleaning up the next pen. But every now and again, the Holy Spirit said, yeah, where's your faith? So I had a little peep over there, and there was this dead guinea pig, it's all flat pack. But I don't know, something was going on in my heart. Yeah, God said, you, you can raise the dead. He knows every sparrow that falls. So he knows the guinea pig when he gets flat pat. So I said, okay, God, you can do it. Then I looked again, and as I looked, it just inflated. It inflated. It was this size, and it just inflated. I watched that. God, you're doing it. You're doing it. I was absolutely <laughs> astounded. And it inflated until it was this size. And then it sort of gave me a wink and off it ran. Oh. And it's now had its own babies. Oh. Yeah. Isn't God amazing? Yeah, yeah of course he is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry? Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Can the Holy Spirit overflow you? What happens when you're baptized in the Spirit? Does it stay with you? Or is it just a one-off day of Pentecost? That's it. Back to normal. No. I had a lady come to see us suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. Chronic fatigue syndrome. And it been going on for some years. And so uh, came up and we prayed with her. She's very, very open. We share the scriptures with her. She, she, didn't, she didn't say much at all, but we just felt she was drinking in the word. She was so sort of thirsty, just wanting to hear God's word. So everything we quoted in the scriptures, yeah. And she said, yeah, yeah. So prayed with her. And then uh, well, she felt... She felt God was there. Then she said at the end of the priest, oh, by the way, she said, I've got total intolerance to all dairy products. She said, I haven't been able to drink milk, have butter, cheese, yogurt, anything for years and years, which is a bit ironic because her father was a dairy farmer. But anyway, um, she had this intolerance. And that very morning, unfortunately, somehow 
she had had a taste of butter, it must have been on a bit of bread or something, and so she had a migraine when she got to us. She said, it really, I am that bad. But she said, would you mind praying about that? So said, yeah, well, sure, we'll go for it. So we did, and had Celia invited her for lunch, and we had a cup of tea, and we just poured out black tea, of course. And she said, oh no, oh no, no, she said, I believe. And so we said, well, you help yourself to the milk then, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and so she poured the milk on her tea, and it wasn't just a tiny little drop, it was a lot. So we watched and thought, if she started off with a migraine with a tiny taste of butter, what's she going to do now? But she drank the whole um, mug of it, tea. And then I said to her, would you like another one? She said, yes! So she had a second one. Again, she poured all the milk in. Two days later. I want to thank you so much for praying for me. I was truly blessed and singing all the way home and grinned widely at God's goodness to me. As I drove along, more blessing kept bubbling up. If I stopped singing, my headache came back. So I carried on, praising God and felt great. I feel different and wasn't tired when I woke up today. I've been eating and drinking milk products since with no ill effects. I've even had trifle with cream. I haven't had cream for years. Cheese on toast, etc., etc. Wonderful. I remember to share with people what God has done so as to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. I'm also submitting myself to God, resisting the devil, and he is fleeing. Amen. I'm so thankful, so thankful to God for his healing and for his work in my life. Wow, isn't that amazing? 40 years without cheese on toast. I don't know how you live. <laughs> how do I get this full? Jesus said, this is uh, John 4. Jesus answered and uh, said to the lady, everyone who drinks of this water, water, shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water I shall give him shall become a well of water springing up into eternal life. When you became a Christian, when you first opened your heart to the Lord, he gave you the Holy Spirit, and this is your heart, say, and the Holy Spirit began to well up like a spring of water, and you have the Holy Spirit today. If you have given your heart to Jesus, you do have the Holy Spirit, and he's just welling up eternal life. If you suddenly fell off your perch and went to heaven, you would actually be taken to heaven by the Holy Spirit still giving you eternal life. That's what all of you who know Jesus have welling up inside you, a well of water. But how are you going to be a witness to all the world? Behold, I have given you the Holy Spirit to become witnesses. There's not a lot here to share with anybody, is there? 
And so, to, to share with people now, when we have this much Holy Spirit, you have to pump away. Everybody's getting nervous on the front row. Yeah. <laughs> and to be able to sort of go around sharing Jesus, it can be quite stressful and striving, and, oh, I wish I hadn't. And you had to gear yourself up for it, and you had to sort of pump away like this. And, well, I get my own back and down. <laughs> and it's, it's sometimes, you know, oh, it's a bit of an effort to witness, and I don't know, I, I didn't really like to ask if they wanted prayer. And I saw this person who was sick, but I didn't actually ask them if I could pray for them. So it's hard going. But Jesus said, well, I want to baptize you, that's immerse you in the Holy Spirit. And so immersion means total immersion like that. And that means you are full to overflowing. I wasn't making a mess in the church. It won't come again. And, <laughs> and so if you are full to overflowing, when you get near Margaret, <laughs> you just naturally spill over in the Holy Spirit, like Barnabas did to the church of the nymph. Didn't have to pump up anything, didn't have to work anything up. Jesus said in John 7, 37, he said, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink, and out of the midst of him shall flow rivers, rivers, rivers of living water. This he spake of the Holy Spirit. When we ask the Lord to baptize us with the Holy Spirit, we are filled to overflowing, so now it takes out the stress and the striving trying to be a witness. It just naturally comes out. People ask us things, and we find wonderful opportunities just naturally come our way, and we don't have to pump things up. Suddenly, when we're filled with the Spirit, everything changes. We know there is a power. We're endued with power. Because the sound came from heaven. The Holy Spirit comes from heaven. And that's what bubbles up inside you. Okay, but what about being immersed in fire? That can be different. In the Bible, where does holy fire usually fall? <clears throat> on the sacrifice, on the altar. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 1. When Solomon finished praying, fire from heaven fell on the sacrifice and consumed it. There has to be a sacrifice for the fire to fall upon. So for me to go to the Lord and say, Lord, baptize me with fire, the Lord looks around and he says, where's the sacrifice? Have you put yourself on the altar recently? Oh, no, no I haven't 
Yes, they are not, but my fear was robbing my grass, and the Lord said, right, I want you to go into that shed. I want you to fresh, put yourself on the altar. I want you to offer yourself as a sacrifice for top mess. Then, I will send the fire. Gideon. Show me a sign. If now I have found favour in your sight, show me a sign that it is you who speaks with me. Please don't depart from here until I come back and bring my offering and I lay it before you. And he said, the angel said, I will remain until you return. Gideon, remember, was hiding from the Midianites, threshing wheat in a wine press so they wouldn't steal it. And the angel of the Lord said, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, lay them down on this rock, pour out the broth, and Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand, touched the meat, and unleavened bread. And fire sprang from the rock, consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished. And there's Gideon with his hands up because of the fierceness of the fire that fell. <coughs> fell on his offering. When we were in Brazil at a prayer conference, 8,000 Brazilians worshipping God, an amazing time, the presence of God. And then fire came on the roof, so people outside saw the fire and called the fire brigade. But it was holy fire. Then the angels came into the auditorium where we were, and they were placing tongues of fire on each of our heads. And we experienced what they experienced in the day of Pentecost there. Yes, it does. It does happen today. It is happening, and God is wanting to pour out a baptism of fire on those who are prepared to lay themselves on the altar and say, Lord, take me just as I am. I was with some leaders in Columpton and we were praying together they lay on the floor, and I was left standing. So I said to the Lord, well, I might as well lie down. So I lay on the back, and I began to weep there. And as the tears rolled down my cheek onto the ground, it was as though the water turned into balls of oil. And as the oil drops hit the floor, they burst into flame, and it was like rolling fire just rolled out. And the Lord said to me, he said, you are to carry the fire. And a few weeks later, we were in North India with Joshua's parents. Joshua was there. And revival broke out. 
We went to four different mountains, four conferences, and each place, the fire of the Lord just broke out in revival, and we had just an amazing time. And next month, Ben and Heather are celebrating their 25 years up in North India of just sharing how the Lord just amazingly spread the gospel in those Himalayan villages and the Nepali world. One village like this went to down across the Tista River. I went there and I had a visual aid of a staff. I was preaching and staffed and at the end gave an altar call anybody would like to come and receive prayer. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but the first Nepali had come up off the floor, uh, squatting on the floor there, and they came. And for some reason, he got hold of the staff I was holding, and he was just thrown onto the ground. I thought, oh, that's strange. Next one came up, touched it, down they went. What I didn't realize was the staff had become so anointed and alive with the Holy Spirit that anybody who touched it was just thrown before the Lord. It does happen. It does happen. It is happening. It will happen. Today is the day for personal Pentecost. What is the evidence in your life that Jesus has baptized you in the Holy Spirit? Are you currently overflowing with rivers of living water? Do you regularly worship the Lord in tongues? Is your glass full and running over? Is your heart set ablaze with holy fire? Because you've knelt at the altar, surrendering all, saying, Lord, take me just as I am. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. If you've never actually consciously ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and to wash away the mess that you've made of your life. This is your moment to come to know God. You felt God present here. You know people who are godly and you long to be like them. This morning there's a hollowness, there's a vacuum here and you're saying, oh, I wish I had that sort of contact with the living God. If only I could know that he answers prayer like you do. That's what God wants to do for you right now. It may be that you did receive Jesus Christ some time ago, but you've wandered off and now you've gone cold and you're here just out of habit or because you have to come. But this morning, God is saying, come back to me. Come home. Come home. Kneel here and let me touch you. Let me reinvigorate your life and give you back your joy and your energy and your spiritual life. 
No one who comes to me, Jesus said, will ever be turned away. If you come out to receive Jesus, to come back to God, you will not be turned away. God accepts you as you are. Let Jesus fill your empty void. Jesus said, there is a heaven. There is a hell. There is a choice. And it's for you to make that choice. In a minute, Betty's going to come and sing along with Debbie. And whilst they're singing, I'm going to invite people to come here. Some of you know this cross, you've seen it before, put a door in it. Because Jesus said, I am the door. If you've never invited Jesus into your life before, then on this cross, the blackness of your heart and your sin can be put on that cross. And Jesus said, I will take all that muck right out of your life instantly. The moment you say, Jesus, Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me. That's what Jesus did. That's why he died on the cross. Come and kneel here. And we have people to pray with you. There'll be others of you who want to come back and say to the Lord, I just want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. And I'm prepared to put my life on the altar. And you may want to kneel here and open the door and just put your hand through as a sign of commitment to God and say, God, you know all that's in my heart, but I just want to give it all to you. I have here some blank pieces of paper and some pens. It might help you just to write something on there. Not, not your name. God knows who you are. God knows who you are. And there's pens here. And if you want to, you can just write something on there and then open the door and just put it through, just like this Nepali lady is doing up there. But the message this morning is really for a baptismal fire. And those of you who are receiving this word right now, I'm going to ask that as you come out, whether you understand or sit or Go on the floor here. It doesn't matter. It's your heart attitude. You say, Lord, I'm placing myself on the altar of sacrifice. And I'm asking you to send holy fire and to receive my full surrender. My full surrender. And let the fire of God I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, present your body as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship.
Have you got the altar? They're going to lead us in song now. And this is our time just to respond to the word of God. I know that there's a hunger here in this church for reality. I know that you're a church that has a passion to reach out to the lost. And God is saying, this morning it's your turn just to be filled, overflowing again to place yourselves as a church even on that altar. Father, I give myself as a living sacrifice and I ask you, Jesus, to baptize me in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Let's all stand.